0: Welcome to Homestand Leafs Podcast, powered by Sports Interaction, Sportsbook, and Casino. Your homegrown sportsbook, Bet Local. I'm your host, Albert Vartanian, and I'm joined, as always, by my co host, Justin Pooney. We'll tell you once again,
1: Superman was in the building last night for the
0: Leafs. Well, on today's show, no mo, no problem. The Leafs won again with other top D-man, barely. Where would the Leafs be without Austin Matthews? And we have another edition of Willy Check, aka Check Your Willy. What was Keith yelling at Nylander about? Mm, we'll discuss. Lots to get to, so let's get this thing started. I'm Albert Vartanian. He's Justin Pooney, and this is Homestand Leafs. No Morgan Riley. No problem mm. for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hey, Justin Poonie? Absolutely the not. The Leafs beat the Flyers in overtime 4-3. A little too close for comfort. But listen, it doesn't matter if you don't have Morgan Riley, It doesn't matter if you don't have anybody else on the ice. As long as you have Austin Matthews who can score a hat-trick mm-hmm. in
1: under eight minutes, then what does it really matter, Justin Pooney? And these weren't fluky goals, Albert. These weren't like William Nylander's goal from the game against St. Louis where just kind of bounced off right. his stick. and the This is like a shooter picking a spot. All three goals, the exact same shot we were talking about that, right? That shows you how confident he has, how much confidence he has in his game this year, how much confidence he has in his shot this year. The wrist is completely... Completely healthy this year. Yeah. He is the hard trophy winner. You can wrap it up, put a bow on it because the Leafs make the playoffs this year. It will solely be because Austin Matthews carried them there. Once again, he proved that again last night. Goals 43, 44, 45 for everybody counting at home. He's now on pace to score 71 goals this season. 71. I really hope he does because, quite frankly, for a franchise and a fan base that's going to be heartbroken in middle of April, not even end of April, middle of April this season, it's something to take solace in. Um, Albert, the, the the second goal where he had the one-timer, what a shot that was, right? Again, I believe that wherever he is, even as soon as he crosses the blue line, he's a threat to score anywhere, and that's exactly what he's doing. He knows how to get into the right spots. He knows how to get a shot off. He knows it, he's just a pure goal scorer, right? And it was funny. I was um, what was it Tuesday night? Tuesday night? Uh, yeah, Tuesday. Night, I was watching Brett Hall highlights on YouTube. Why? I went down. I just went down a random like YouTube wormhole. You know, like you start off at yeah. like NFL talk and you end up all the way into like 1992 Brett Hall highlights. Great right? wrister. What a shot! Right, but I mean, again. The same, I can equate it, now Brett Hull scored 90 goals or 80 goals in one season or whatever, but I can equate their their games are very similar, right? Guys that are just pure elite goal scorers that know how to put the puck in the back of the net, but know how to get their shot off and create angles with their shot to find the back of the net. And I think... Um, That's exactly what Austin Matthews has done this year, and they needed all three goals once again, Albert. We talk about it seemingly every time he has a big game. They needed every single goal. This was a very sloppy game by the Toronto Maple Leafs. The first period, the first period in a bit, they looked horrible, right? The shorthanded goal. That second unit of power play might never see the time of day ever again after that breakaway they gave up, if I'm Sheldon Keith. But um, it it was an impressive Austin Matthews' performance. The team itself not so impressive, but when you have a guy like that, he's going to erase a, a whole lot of uh, mistakes.
0: I thought they had a good second and third period. Maybe the last like mm. couple minutes of the third period weren't great when they took those two boneheaded penalties, yeah. uh, Gregor and Bertuzzi. But yeah, Matthews, listen, all three goals, glove side, just under the glove, mm-hmm. scored one from his natural side, in the slot, on his offside, he can do it all. That That's yeah. what makes that so much more better than what it was. I mean, obviously a quick natural hat trick is something you don't see often, but being able to do it with different types of shots, shows you how good oh, he is curl, right now. The curl
1: drag. Yeah,
0: he's just, he's so confident. And I got some numbers for you because obviously you need some numbers. Um, so Leaf's goal scoring leader since December 1st, Austin Matthews, 31 goals in 30 games. Then the drop off to William Nylander, 15, Marner, 14, Tavares, eight, and Bobby McMahon, five. He had three That's of those. Crazy. Don't forget, in That's one crazy. Game. That's, That's crazy. That's unbelievable. 31 goals in 30 games and the drop off is steep. No Austin Matthews in this team. We could talk about the core four and lack of secondary scoring. But just take Austin Matthews off of the team. We're probably talking about a team that's on the outside looking in in terms mm-hmm. of a playoff spot, right? That's not that, that too much too much of a stretch to say, Pooney.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, they have what? Like that's how much his goal scoring means to this team. I think would leave have 184 goals this year. You take away 41 of those, they're... 140, you know, 140 goal team. I don't know, you're right? the Kumon guy. You right? tell like, me. It's just like you I'm looking at it right now, right? If they don't have Austin, they're one of the top scoring teams in the Eastern Conference, yeah, I know. right? You take Austin Matthews away, they're one of the worst scoring teams in the entire league. Isn't that so interesting? Right? We, we talk about like
0: their lack of secondary scoring and where they need to find goals, but meanwhile, they're one of the best scoring teams in the But NHL. that's what
1: happens when you have the best goal scoring hockey. He carries yeah, so much of the load and he inflates those stats so much, right? If they had Say if Matthews was you know had 30 goals, right? Even then, they'd still be a middle of the pack offensive team, right? And that they would not be in a situation where they would be able to win, right? Yeah. It is so imperative for this team that he is going, and he has not slowed down. We thought he was going to slow down after the All Star break, and that maybe there'd be a bit of a you know a bit of a time to get back up. But he's been firing on all cylinders. When you said it right now, since December 1st, right? Yeah. With 30 goals in 31 games or whatever it is. Um, again, it just shows you how great this season has been. One of the best individual seasons could be potentially. In a very long time. In a very long time. Well, right?
0: listen, 45 goals in the team's first 52 games only happened 21 times in the NHL mm-hmm. uh, before Matthews did it last night. The last time it happened, 96 By sixty-six, Mario Lemieux. So he's in pretty good company. Twenty-seven years ago, that note is from James Myrtle on Twitter. uh, Really good follow. Also, career OT goals for in Leafs history. Sundin's got fourteen. Nylander eleven. Matthews eleven. So he's basically going to take over every single record for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's not. I think he's seventy plus goals off of Sundin for the franchise Mm -hmm. record. I mean, he's going to probably go down as one of the greats, one of the the greatest Leafs of all time if Mm -hmm. he isn't already. I don't want to get into that conversation. That's a (laughs) bit much. But listen, the Leafs—they did it. Um, It wasn't the same performance that they had against the the Blues. Mm -hmm. I thought the Blues didn't bring their best, but the Leafs played much better structured hockey. That was completely thrown out the window in the first period. I know everybody was ready to jump on Tavares and Marno. Look, these guys come back into the lineup. They can't play the same type of of hockey anymore. I don't think it had anything to do with them. I just think all around that first period was a disaster. I thought the Flyers were too much for them. That's a structured team that plays with a lot of heart. They play aggressive. They hit. And I, I mentioned it on Twitter. I said, if the Leafs, with the talent that they have and the skill, yeah. can play the way the Flyers do, playing the Leafs would be an absolute nightmare. We're talking about a legitimate Stanley Cup contending team if they play that way with mm-hmm. that type of structure. And maybe, obviously, sprinkle a couple couple more pieces into that back end. But uh, what, what the Leafs lack is what the flyers have in terms of effort and desire
1: yeah no look i think the flyers have been one of the best stories in hockey all season the yeah way- they're fun to watch This is a team that's supposed to rebuild right this was a team that we thought was gonna be the bottom of the eastern conference you know trying to fight to you know get a top pick but here they are they're third in the metro division they play such a very and look as much as i love rick talking i feel like he's brought so much structure to the Vancouver Canucks. John Torrell has done the exact same thing with the Flyers, right? Yeah, this is. is a franchise that um, has been kind of just very mid the last, what, 10 years, you would say. They had that one little bump around the Giroux era where they had the rivalry with Pittsburgh. But after that, they haven't really done much, per se, the Flyers. Um, but the last, you know, this year, they've really shown that it's got a young team. He's holding guys accountable. So, uh, you know, high pick like Morgan Frost, he hasn't really played that consecutively. Torts is holding them accountable, right? And it just shows you that how important it is to have a coach that instills a system, a structure, but also holds his players accountable. And we're seeing that in Toronto. This Philly team has nowhere near the same amount of talent as the Toronto Maple Leafs have, right? Even without Morgan Riley uh, in the lineup, right? The Leafs' talent for talent on paper right, is far and away much higher than the Philadelphia Flyers, right? But the Flyers have that structure. They play hard for Torts, right? And that's why they're in every single game. Right, and I think that is why this might be one of Torch's best coaching jobs we've seen in a very long time. Wow. wow. well, You think about it, right? Like he had the Columbus team that he got... You beat know, the Leafs. They beat the Leafs, right? But this team... That Columbus team had some talent too, right? When you look at this Flyers team, right? They have Konechny, they have Couturier, but... Who are like the real like the eight guys for the, the Philadelphia Flyers this year, right? You just
0: name them. Maybe Owen Tippett. you throw his name Owen in the too. Owen Tippett,
1: yeah. Look, connecticut has got fifty one points this year, twenty six goals, right? Then it's Joel Farabee's the second leading point getter for the Philadelphia Flyers. And then Couturier, Tippett, Sandheim, Atkinson. Like it's nothing they're not They don't rely on their offense. They don't. They rely on their defense, they rely on their structure, right? Um and I think look, credit to the Philadelphia Flyers. I said off I said off air, if the Leafs somehow play the Flyers in the playoffs, I would kind of take the Flyers because of the structure they play and they can lock it down right now do they have the the goal scoring prowess to win and compete who knows what we've seen with the the Leafs top players when it comes to playoff time they can get they can get bogged down they can get you know get the well turns off right so
0: All right. Well, let's break. Mm -hmm. We'll continue that conversation. But I think it's time for another William Nylander checker. What'd you name it? A willy check. A willy check. A willy check in to see how he did last night. Not the greatest game. And I got some numbers here that really stand out uh, and kind of emphasize the fact that he really is slumping. Home Sand Leafs is powered by sports interaction, your homegrown sports book featuring custom, same game parlays, and prop bets you won't find anywhere else. So why bet with one of those American companies that don't know anything about your teams, players, or games that matter to you? Sports interaction, your homegrown sports book, bet local. All right, so there was a clip that was making the rounds on social media of uh, Sheldon Keith, I think giving it to Neilander on mm-hmm. the bench. We don't know what he was saying. I'm assuming it had something to do with maybe with his effort, his backchecking, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a couple of turnovers that he made in the O-zone and in the neutral zone. So I watched him last night. He obviously scored the game winner in overtime. Great pass from, from Lillgren. I thought the Leafs were great in overtime. Yeah, they were. Like they were excellent. Super. That was structured overtime hockey from the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they exposed uh, the Flyers on a bad change. Mm-hmm. Neilander obviously goes five-hole. His skill um, can really trump. I think how he plays the rest of the game he can he could almost blend into the game and then pop up because of how skilled he is but i thought again justin it just was not a great game and i think you can tell by what keith said to him at least if you can read his lips a little Mm -hmm. bit that he was kind of giving it to him about something that he didn't like so i was going over his numbers over the last 15 games and that's the including uh the sharks game where that was the game after he signed his contract (laughs) he has six goals and eight assists Not great. So I was comparing him to some of the other players in the NHL who are making similar money. I mean, he's not making that money yet, but he will at the beginning of next season. He's in that tax bracket He's in that category now. Okay, Nathan McKinnon, last 15 games, 10 goals, 14 assists. Connor McDavid, 7 goals, 20 assists. Austin Matthews, 15 goals, 6 assists. David Pasternak, 10 goals, 12 assists. Mitch Marner, 8 goals, 13 assists. And listen i know you're going to be like well how are you going to compare him to mckinnon and and matthews and mcdavid that's the type of money this guy is making so six goals and eight assists isn't going to cut it in 15 game stretches we just said off the top if austin matthews isn't scoring these goals they're nothing we would expect that maybe nylander would step up but Mm -hmm. based on the way that he's playing that is currently not the case i think those numbers really stand out because if you want to get paid As one of the elite and you believe that you're one of the elite and you're a superstar in this league these numbers these types of stretches should not be happening and I understand McDavid had his stretch McKinnon had his stretch but you have more faith in those guys to bounce back than Nylander because they've done it before we haven't seen that from Nylander yet no he hasn't been under this pressure of being paid this much and the expectation that comes with that contract this is why it's so frustrating for me to watch this guy play night in and night out after we saw him dominate the league for the first half of the season. And now it's what? I'm wondering if he he just used up all of his energy in that first part of the season to emphasize the fact that he deserved to get paid and deserved that money that he just doesn't have it in him at the moment. Maybe he needs to recharge. Maybe that's what he needs. I can understand how maybe you, you get to a certain point, you peak too too high and too early mm-hmm. that you can't get back to that level. And I'm afraid... That maybe Nylander has gotten to that point.
1: You just gave him a cop out, Albert. The energy, come uh, on. It's now. not a cop out. I'm just trying to make it, sense it, of what's the, happening. It, the, I'll tell you exactly what's happening. He's complacent. He does. He got exactly what he wanted, and now he doesn't. He's on cruise control now, right? Think about it like this, right? In any walk of life, in any situation, when you're put in a predicament where you are now, like this is like career altering, or I got to do something otherwise, I uh, think. Th- you know what can go sideways, right? That's what happened when William Nylander entered this season. He was going to get paid, right? But did he want to make the money he wanted to get? He wanted to prove a point. He wanted to secure the bag. So put him in a position where he needed to perform and perform at an elite level. And that's exactly what he did. And to his credit, and to his camp's credit, what did they do? They squeezed the leaves for every single penny. Everything. Everything. Yeah. $92 million, yeah. right? You have that now. This is not the NFL where you can get cut and then the contract gets ripped up. This is not anything like that. You are getting that $92 million, William Nylander, whether the Leafs like it or not, right? And now he knows, look, I got $100 million basically in the bank right now. What the hell do I have to worry about? I don't... Think about it. On the hierarchy of the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? It's Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, and then William Nylander, right? We don't... William Nylander has the ability on the Toronto Maple Leafs to make, what is it, $11.5 million a season now and slide in between the cracks. Right. Right? That is, like, the best job in professional sports, to make all that money. It's like being, like... The 10th or 12th best golfer in the world, right? You make all the money, but nobody comes to you with expectations. That's a great spot to be in for a golfer. That's the best spot to be in the world. You're qualified for every major, every big tournament. You're going to make the cut every time. You're going to maybe win a couple tournaments here or there a year. But you don't have to deal with any of the expectations. You don't have to deal with any of that stuff. But you get all the money, all the rewards of it, right? That's exactly what William Nylander is, right? He gets all the benefits, all the financial rewards of being a superstar NHL player. But nobody ever holds him accountable, right? Except me and you. Right, you look at it. Right, we're the only people that really bring about, bring, talk about this on a daily basis because it matters if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. It matters if you cover this team. The fact that this guy's making eleven and a half million dollars and puts forth just the worst effort humanly possible. Right, I talked about it last. We talked about it last week. Right, where you look at a guy like Austin Matthews who signed, you know, the highest AAV in NHL history. Right, he's the highest paid player in the league, but he's living up to that standard this year. Right, William Nylander is not living up to the standard, like you mentioned, of all those guys that are in the same tax bracket as him. Right, and as much as I can bang on John Tavares for making 11 million, and not living up to it, at least we can we never question his effort. Right, we think he's slow, yeah, he's that's old, a good point. he's he's slow, he's old, he's lost a step. Right, he's just not he's not good enough. Right, he, it was an overpay for him. Right, but his effort we've never questioned. Right, as much as I bang on him for being a bad captain and all of that stuff, which is crazy. It's not that crazy. But I believe that William Nylander puts forth an effort that is unacceptable for a guy making that type of money, right? And he needs to have his feet held to the fire a little bit more. He needs to understand that I have to be a leader now. And it's up to the front office. It's up to the ownership group. It's up to the coaching staff to to let him know... They need to be, look. We need you to be more accountable, right? I want. I don't care if Sheldon keeps your custom on the bench every game if he has to. No, I right? agree. I and have no problem him throwing his with hands that. up like this, like, 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 oh, what do you want from me or whatever, right? Like, we don't know what he was saying. We don't We're know. Assuming. But his body language, right? His body language was coming off as I don't care, right? Don't listen to me, right? Like I'm kind of the thing where I can't hear you. I don't care what you're saying, which is first of all shows that he doesn't want to change, right? It shows you that he's not receptive to crit- criticism right? That's something that you can't do. All, all great athletes in life, or in sports, excuse me, all great people in life, right, have to be willing to accept criticism or constructive feedback. That's how you get better. But William Nylander right now, what I see is a guy who's like, I can't make my money now. What the hell do I care?
0: <laughs> like I don't. Care. Yeah, at least fans just better hope that this yeah. doesn't turn into a Jonathan Huberto situation.
1: Oh, that's bad. Right? That's bad. I mean,
0: it, it's I know I it's only it, 15 games,
1: but it's I, trending in that direction. I don't know if it's a turn to that because Nealander's so he's so talented, he's gonna get yeah. points. But it's the effort factor. Yeah. It's the effort. Well, factor. The, like
0: listen, the overtime goal will overshadow everything. That's why
1: it will not really but be talked about. I mean, look at that. That was that's all, a really skilled play. That from was him. all Timothy Lilgren, though. But the shot, the, the hesitation,
0: shot. and went five-hole on him. That's I I get it. That's, I get it. Like, I get it. Not many it. players but, can do that. But
1: who got him in that position? All of Timislava takes the puck up, brings in all all the guys converged to him. He's able to find, make a great pass to Nylander, who's able to you said hesitate, open up the five hole, put the puck in the back of the net. Right. right. But isolated incidents like that can't happen. You have to put together a complete sixty minutes if you are William Nylander here.
0: Yeah. That concludes our William Nylander <laughs> block for the episode, which usually happens. But the that's willy the check. Case. This is the willy check, right? You got to check on him, see yeah. what's going on. Um, I wonder if this continues, mm-hmm. if we'll see Keith bench him. I, I, I really, I'm really curious. I don't think it will happen, but I think there's a chance we could be trending you know, it, in that direction.
1: It could happen. Like You look at it, like, for example, Saturday night against Danaheim, right? Anaheim's not that good of a team, right? You could see them be- him benching.
0: No, I could see Nylander scoring three goals in that game. But you could also see him getting benched, too. I, right? I, I can't. Can you see? I could see the, it. Okay, okay, so what, who's he benched this season? He benched Tavares. Uh, okay, so yesterday, we're filming this on a Friday. The Friday. game was obviously on Thursday. Um, after Bertuzzi took that dumb penalty in the third, he didn't see a second of the ice after that. No, he did not. Uh, David Camp was a scratch, I believe. He benched Tavares in on the Western Road, the, right? The power play. The power play, he right? He benched the power play. I mean, okay. but... He hasn't really picked on anybody individually. Is, look, at least at least any of the guys that you expect you know, not to get benched. You know
1: if you bench lander, there's going to be a whole lot of questions coming. Well, after. that's the thing. In this right? market, you're going to have to answer for that. But here's the thing. All he has to say is, look, this guy is a superstar player, a superstar talent in this league. Right? And he's not living up to that billing, so he's not going to play. Right? Yeah. Hold him accountable. With Torts, if Torch was behind the bench, right? We've seen him rip Pierre-Luc, Dub- Pierre-Luc Dubois. Hey, it's a different on the, story. It, but again... You need to have hold your players accountable, right? You for their actions. I agree. Right. And I agree. I, we just if Keith want and he, he's starting to get that now because he's in that stage now where he knows that mm, I have nothing to lose anymore, right? Essentially. Well, essentially, like, look at it. Keith knows that I'm be I'll be good wherever I go. I'm I've done enough here to prove that I deserve another job as NHL head coach, right? So let me just go out guns a blazing. And I think it would not surprise me tomorrow if Nylander puts forth a bad effort and he just sits him we'll see you and then we'll some...
0: come back on Monday with another Willie check. check actually are we off on Monday we Saturday? are off
1: on Monday it's a holiday anyway,
0: so we'll see you guys on Wednesday <laughs> um, okay that concludes that block we should mention that we're filming this as I said on a Friday about one thirty p.m. Mm-hmm. we haven't heard any news on Morgan Riley's appeal apparently it might be coming down soon I know he met with Gary Bettman at noon I'm not sure if there was a, a an arbiter in there as well but uh, I'm sure we'll hear about that once we're done recording the pod because <laughs> that's how the th- these things go let's break um, in the next segment I want to touch on a few more things from this game and then we'll look at the uh, Leafs playing Anaheim in Toronto mm-hmm. for the final time this season okay there's two things I want to touch on mm-hmm. one is that third period yes uh, the Leafs against the Flyers the Flyers had nothing the entire period up until the end where Gregor takes a horrible penalty in the Flyers zone and then follow that up the with another penalty, and they get back into the game when the Leafs are up 3-1, another blown lead. They go to overtime, mm-hmm. and it was just so frustrating to see that because, I mean, you expect better from those types of players being in that position, and coming off that Blues game, you really hope that that would be a platform for them to build off of, whereas we can play this type of structured, smart, simple hockey and not get burned by our own stupid individual mistakes, mm-hmm. and that reared his ugly head once again. It did. And, and seeing that from the Leafs is, is super frustrating Because after the second and third There is no chance that the Flyers should even be in that game And based on the way Samsonoff played as well Who we haven't even touched on Who was yeah. really good Didn't make any spectacular saves But made the saves he needed to make yeah. And the players in front of him just didn't help him out at all
1: no, it was, again, Albert, it's the sign of, again, of a mediocre team, right? Good teams, great teams know how to close games up. You out. finish those games. You finish them. when you Bruins go, finish that game. When you when you go into a third period up 3-1, right, what do you do? You try to push for the fourth, right? You push for the fourth goal, and you really just bury them, right? Again, the Canucks, what are they this year after leading after two periods? 30-0-2, right? Wow, is that the record? That's the record. Incredible. 30-0-2 this season. So, let that explain something to you. When you want to be a good team, a winning team, right? You need to close games out. You need to have that killer instinct to say, okay, no more. The tap is shut off, right? It is especially a two goal lead. And again, you mentioned those stupid penalties and all of that yeah. gives a team momentum, opens the door, right? In a minute and one, where well, they score two goals in a minute, and one second, yeah. right? That changed the whole complexion of the game. This game should not be in overtime. And again, I'm going to say this again, Albert. Against Eastern Conference teams that you are battling with for playoff position, you cannot be giving away free points. No, because what's going to happen? Who knows, right? The Flyers could end up being one point ahead of you, and that could be the difference between them getting a spot in their division, the top in their division, and a wild card spot. Right? It is so critical at this time of year, and again, it's probably new to Leaf fans this year, especially because. They haven't really been in a dogfight for a playoff spot in a very long time, but this is exactly what's going to happen this year, right? I'm looking at the Eastern Conference standings right now. You look at it. Philly has 55 55 games played, 65 points, right? They're tied with the Hurricanes. Toronto has 64 points. Uh, Detroit has 60 points. New Jersey, who lost last night we were just talking about, has 58 points. The Islanders, who have been playing... A lot better since Patrick Watt took over at fifty-seven points, and you can't sleep uh, sleep on the Pittsburgh Penguins who have fifty-five points. Right? You can, they're kind of teetering on it. I think they're finished. They're but, kind of yeah. done. But right, you look at this situation, how the landscape is. It's pretty sure that Boston and Florida have separated themselves in the Atlantic from everybody else. Right, you're trying to get that third spot with Tampa, or do you want to get the first wild card spot, maybe the second? It is so important for the Toronto Maple Leafs this year to really, really understand going forward that when we play especially Eastern Conference teams, we cannot give away free points. We cannot rely on the overtime or the shootout points. We need to close games out because these free points will come back and bite you in the ass. It is a massive thing, and again, Albert, it's the mentality point. Of it. It's the it's the structure. Of it. These guys need to understand. We're up two goals, winning a third. Okay, boys, we gotta close this game out. No more, no more stupidity. Play it smart. You don't have to play it safe. Just play it smart. Don't take unnecessary risks. Don't take dumb penalties. Just play a clean period. That's it. Yeah. And you win the game in overtime, and you know what? The Flyers don't even get a point. Right. It's a massive point. That's a Phillip. massive point. It really is. So.
0: Um, just piggybacking off that Canucks stat, which is crazy, thirty-one, which leads the league when uh, leading after the second period. Mm-hmm. The drop off to second is twenty-four. The Winnipeg yeah. Jets, then Dallas twenty-four, Panthers twenty-four, Bruins twenty-four, Rangers twenty-three, Knights twenty-one. Uh, the Leafs surprisingly twenty-one as well. So yeah. they have a lead in the second period. They usually win games. It doesn't feel that way though. I'll be honest. No. Okay, it I got one more question for you. So.
1: Um, uh, I mean, a lot of the times, though, they've won in overtime as well. Overtime or shootout those times. They've blown the leads. True. Down. That's so true. So that does qualify. This is true. Yeah.
0: Okay, so Morgan Riley's out. We mm-hmm. don't know if, if, at least as of right now, if, if any of those games are going to be coming off his five-game suspension. They've played s- two games so far without him. Mm-hmm. Their career record without Morgan Riley, the Leafs, 16-2-1, which is incredible. It tells you a lot about this team and how they can uh, be galvanized and play structured hockey by missing one of their best defensemen. Mm-hmm. With that said... If they if they win let's say they go four and one. If he's yeah. gone for five games, leaves go four and one, um, or three and two even, do you think this this sways Tree Living Tree Living's thinking heading into the deadline? Like could this team actually be showing Tree Living something? Because the sticking point right now for the Leafs in Tree mm-hmm. Living and making it move is the fact that he doesn't want to move that first round pick. Right. You know, Darren Dreger was just on T S N radio this morning and I heard him say if if the Leafs had a second-round pick, he believes Tanev would already be in the blue and white. The Leafs don't have that second-round pick, which means they have to deal it first. And I'm, I'm assuming Tree Living's been trying to package a bunch of thirds and fourths and fifths yeah. and trying to make something happen. But if your team is showing you that they can, they can rally together after missing their best defenseman, play simple, structured hockey, a bit of hard-nosed hockey, mm-hmm. to go along with the skill and talent that they have, do you think that makes Tree Living think twice at the deadline and maybe – hey, listen, we missed this guy for a couple of games, but they showed that they can still play hard hockey. Maybe I should give up that first-round pick and go and get another defenseman or another couple pieces. No. You don't think so?
1: I think you're just fooling yourself. You're playing yourself, right? They had a good stretch. What are they right now? They are what, 7-3 and their last 10 games? Yeah. The Leafs? So you have a good stretch, right? But you watch this team play. We just went on this whole podcast. This team won, right? The only praise we really gave was to Austin Matthews. Right? I know, but what I'm saying but is the, It's just
0: th- this point without yeah. their best defenseman They're showing a different style of hockey That they can play
1: I I, I wouldn't give up Even though
0: run, they've man. only showed that for about
1: Two Four games. and a half periods Yeah, exactly I, I wouldn't give it up I All would right. not give it up It's fool's gold It's fool's gold, man you can't, you can't give up future assets right now Especially where they are To do what? Go from losing in five games to maybe six games, maybe seven. Right. Right. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. It doesn't make any sense to keep on harvesting your future assets for a season that you're going to have no prospects of winning the Stanley Cup. You have no prospects of even winning a second round. Right. You, I don't know if you have prospects. I, of winning I don't, them. I don't necessarily agree with that. They think about it, who they, they're most likely going to play either the first place team in the Metro or they're going to play Florida or Boston. Right? And either one of those series, either one of those three potential outcomes, right? They're going to be on the road. They're going to be underdogs. Right? You just, just got to get in, as we see I, I every single year, right? This is not an LA Kings team. No, I'm not saying that. This is not a. LA I, no, not that, is not a, a last a, a
0: season, everyone was like, who the hell is going to beat Boston? They're the best team. And what happened? They got but bumped the, in the first who round. Who were the
1: President's trophy winners the year before? No, the no, Florida Panthers. It. I get right? It. right. Again, it happens. You got to get in. You have to get in. But the Panthers were a good team the year before. They won the Presidents' Trophy, right? They have they added a guy in Matthew Kachuk who has proven to be a playoff performer. For sure, they had a guy in Sergei Bobrovsky who played who played. basically. got extremely hot. Exactly, but do we think any one of these Leaf goalies is going to turn to Bobrovsky this year? No, you don't know. Albert, are you got listen, Albert. You, you gotta real. buy. You gotta be buy a real, ticket, brother.
0: right? You gotta buy a ticket for the raffle for a chance to I, I win. Buy Just get lot- in.
1: I buy a lottery ticket every week. <gasps> yeah. that ever, have Has have I won the lottery yet? No. No, this is true. So just false. But off. you're going
0: up against millions of people. This is 15 teams you're going up no, against, which
1: might as well be a million people. Well, anyway, what I'm
0: just saying, I just think that for Tree Living to move that first round pick, mm-hmm. it's like this Leafs team right now in this moment are almost having to prove themselves to tree living as they should. If you guys, if you guys show me something else that I haven't seen, then we'll flip this first rounder and see what we can get. So Albert, it's just interesting. I mean, the March 8th trade deadline is is not that far away. And I'm just wondering if tree living is looking at these games as, as kind of the, the, the part of the schedule where he's trying to make his determination whether or not Maybe, to flip that but first it, it, rounder. Again, it's I, a lot to give up that first rounder. You need to get a lot in return. But if you're flipping that first rounder, potentially a player and a prospect, and you're getting, let's say, two defensemen and a forward or defensemen defenseman and a forward, mm-hmm. who knows? I don't know. I can't wait for that deadline. There's
1: no Elias Lindholm out, the, out there anymore. Oh, here we go.
0: He's playing well, isn't he? Two goals last night, baby. He's playing well. Okay, well, they got a game on Saturday night, mm-hmm. and we got some picks for it, so it's Absolutely. time for everybody's favorite segment. It's time for Burton Poonie's Bankroll Booster powered by Sports Interaction. Your homegrown sportsbook. Bet local. Poonie. Leafs, Ducks in Toronto. Hopefully the Leafs don't see Lucas Dostal who oh. stopped him 55 <laughs> yeah. times in that last game against the Ducks. Looks like it's going to be John Gibson. Mm-hmm. Who do you like in this game?
1: Take the Leafs. Puck line. I think the Leafs are a better team. The Ducks have no prospects of doing anything at all this year. So take the Leafs to win that and win it by a decent margin. Uh, and once again, Albert, I'm going to go with Mitch Marner to find the back of the net tomorrow night. I think Marner, you know, he's been playing all right. He knows that it's a contract summer coming up too. So he wants to fill the back of the net and stack up as many points as he can. Yeah. I'll take Mitch Marner anytime goal.
0: Marner, eight goals, 13 assists in his last 15 games. Mm-hmm. You took my pick as well, but I'm going with the puck line. Uh, and I'm, they kicked off their four game roadie by getting slapped by the Canadians 5-zip and then follow that up by beating the Sens 5-1. So you never really know where you're going to get with this Anaheim Mm -hmm. team. But goaltending has not been great. Looks like Gibson is going to get the start. He lost his last two starts. Uh, Excuse me, Dostal lost his last two starts, which means Gibson is probably going to get in there. So I'm going least puck line. I think they get it done in in pretty easy fashion at home against the Ducks. And that's been Burton Pooney's Bankroll Booster powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook. That local... That's it from us here at home, Stan Leafs. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, we drop new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find us anywhere you download your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Five stars, please. That will make Justin a very happy man. Also... If you want to send in a question, either through an email or voice message, send them to Leafs at HomestandSports.com. We'll read your questions, concerns, or insults on our Friday episodes. The email, again, is Leafs at HomestandSports.com. For Justin Pooney, I'm Albert Vartanian, and this has been Homestand Leafs.